Hey guys, this is Peter. I wanted to remind listeners about the upcoming Bitcoin 2020 conference. It's being held in San Francisco on March 27th and 28th of next year, and announced speakers already include Tony Hawk and Nick Zabo. Plus, there's going to be a lightning arcade and an art gallery with uh, Bitcoin-inspired art, plus a ton more still to be announced. To learn more and get your tickets, visit Bitcoin2020.com. time for another episode of Bitcoin Magazine's Weekly Bits, the podcast where our newsroom staff discusses some of our most interesting, timely, and critical stories. As always, my name is Peter Chihuahua, and today I am joined in the studio by associate editor and staff writer Colin Harper. Colin, it's good to have you again. Uh, How's your Thanksgiving? It was good, man. How was yours? It was good. Very chill and took a moment to remember what I'm thankful for. Of the many things that includes getting to work with the likes of you, Colin. Yeah, man, always a always a good day when we can grind out one of these podcasts or when we can talk about, especially some of these stories, because like it's always kind of fun about the holiday uh, season as everything starts to wind down. I feel like around this time we usually always have a lot of really good feel good community stories. You know what I mean? It's definitely a chance, and I think like the industry at whole takes a minute to to back up stop pointing fingers at altcoins and whatnot. And like you do get some of the more positive, longer form uh, feature style pieces, which as a reader are just my personal favorite. Um, and I think this episode of the podcast, we could kind of consider it a bit of a holiday special in that sense, uh, because what I wanted to discuss were two of your most recent stories. Uh, they're currently on our homepage and they really are about Bitcoin and kind of the gift of giving, which obviously is relevant for this time of year. Uh, So for those listeners who want to check them out, uh, read the full stories we're about to discuss. As I said, they're on the BitcoinMagazine.com homepage. Uh, The first one is titled Give Bitcoin Wants You to Give Bitcoin This Holiday Season. And then the other one would be the nonprofit push to make Giving Tuesday about giving Bitcoin. Uh, so for starters, Colin, I wanted to ask on that first story how you first heard about uh, Give Bitcoin and, and what they're doing. Yeah, so uh, I met Corey Clipston, which is one of the co-founders at uh, Bitcoin Is, which was Russell O'Kong's event in L.A. And he was talking to me about it, and we were just talking about how um, how hard it is to get uh, your loved ones sometimes into Bitcoin, especially if they uh, don't have any, if they barely know how their computer works, or even if they're just, you know, kind of skeptical or don't really care about uh, money that much. Uh, and he was pitching me his startup, uh, which for you listeners, Give Bitcoin is a way for you to give, obviously, <laughs> give Bitcoin inherent in the name to anyone you want to, and you time lock it for a period of a year to five years. Um, this time lock is not on the chain. It is uh, actually custodied in a bank prime trust. Um, and But what it is, it's accompanied with is it's accompanied with 12 chapters that explain to you um, what Bitcoin is, why it was created, uh, best practices, how to use it. Uh, it even gets into stuff like the Lightning Network and things like that. Um, and uh, I think personally, I love the idea because... I think it strikes a good compromise between educating 
and kind of giving someone a guarantee that their Bitcoin won't be, you know, messed with after they buy it. Because I think that's a big hurdle for people is they're like, what happens if I mess up and lose my keys? You know, you hear all these stories about exchange hacks and people losing their money. And so the custody with Silver ba- Silvergate, it's a bank in Nevada, uh, I think really kind of mitigates against that. And it also gives you a time that if the people that you're giving it to want to, they can learn about Bitcoin. Um, right. And and on some level, they're forced to learn about Bitcoin or like, I don't know if I had this fear until I thought about reading this article. But what if you give someone Bitcoin and they're like, oh, cool, thanks. Twenty dollars worth of Bitcoin. Let me liquidate this and like never worry about the technology again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, it's really cool that you can do the five year time lock, because if you really want to like if you got someone who's really skeptical in your life and you say, OK, well, I'm just going to put one hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin into this for you. But you can't touch it for five years. If I'm right, we'll see what it's gonna what what it's gonna be. And if you're right, well, we'll see. You know. But uh, I also think it is good for that in the sense that you know you don't have to worry about them selling it or losing it, uh, and they can really start learning about it. And they can kind of, as they're learning about it, they can track the market and track the news and track development and see if it actually sticks for them. Because I really do think that the only way to really get people interested in Bitcoin is to just get them skin in the game. And I've always thought that giving it to people is the best. Like I've given Bitcoin to some of my family members who are definitely interested, but don't really understand it enough. And they, don't, not, they need someone to help them take that leap. And I think that's what this really helps provide and streamline. Yeah, so uh, maybe you've kind of fully expressed your thoughts on that there. I was going to ask, though, I mean, so this isn't exactly a charity. So I don't mean to mischaracterize this as um, the gift of giving in the sense that it's like, fully in that holiday spirit but at the same time obviously you are gifting bitcoin to someone and they do have a higher mission here at give bitcoin which is you know to evangelize the technology Uh, as you say and that's a common phrase having skin in the game is kind of the most powerful way to turn skeptics into bitcoin believers is there anything else you'd elaborate on something maybe you've seen anecdotally personally about the difference between you know telling your loved ones about Bitcoin and explaining why it's great versus like giving them some Bitcoin and and making it personal for them. Yeah, I think that uh, you can explain it all you want. And I think that the the most effective strategy I've found for really trying to hammer home why the thing like how we see it, you know, I think there's every time that you explain it, if it's not hitting home, you have to alter how you explain it and give another perspective and try to make it personal to the user mm-hmm. and kind of try to work at an angle that, you know, they may have, like, for instance, like the gold, gold bugs are a perfect example. Like gold bugs are the easiest to convert. But then when you start uh, trying to pitch it to other people, you have to think about the way they see the world. And uh, I definitely do think that owning some Bitcoin is important for that. That's why, again, I do like this because of the, the educational aspect. But it's hard to give. But there's another reason I like this. You know, I totally agree that giving someone Bitcoin, it's a cool gift for a bunch of reasons. One, yes, like now I'm forcing you to be like me. I'm, you know, like you're yeah. going to be Bitcoin. <laughs> but it's cool. It's like uh, unique. There are certain people like tech people in my family. I can't think of what to get them. But I'm like, they would probably like some Bitcoin. But it's actually kind of hard to uh, gift. Uh, there are a couple solutions out there. I think BitPiggies is, is meant to do that too, right? Yeah, and then there's like things like Open Dime, which mm. um, you know is like a one-time use, which is kind of cool in the sense that you load it up, and then if they're just trying to hold it, uh, as long as they have uh, that Open Dime, and I'm pretty sure you can have you can extract this or have the seed phrase from it. Um, 
So, you know, if it gets damaged, you can change it. But um, it's not as good as a hardware wallet, obviously, but I think it's a good thing to be like, hey, it's kind of interesting because you could be like, I'm giving you this. If you lose this, then all this is gone. So if you want me yeah. to show you how to use this for real, then let me know. Right. Um, and then, you know, there's also, yeah, things like BitPiggies, uh, which is, I think, it's not necessarily a similar concept, but it has like a seed phrase. So it's kind of like a paper wallet. Um, and then I also think like, if you can afford it, I think just giving people a hardware wallet with like a hundred dollars, especially if there's someone like, if you're really trying to go full Bitcoin or for yeah. Christmas and not give people like another like freaking jacket or something, <laughs> just buy yeah. them like a treasure or an open dime with like 50 bucks worth of Bitcoin. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I was also going to ask, so anytime I read an article and I see the word custody in it, that just instantly kind of um, raises my eyebrows a little bit. Yeah. I know it's kind of a necessary part of this whole give Bitcoin concept um, because we were talking about the time locks and how it's actually, uh, you know, I think in both of our opinion, a cool aspect of this program. But is it disingenuous in your mind at all that, you're telling people about Bitcoin, giving them the you know guide about why it's so important um, and what what philosophies are behind it, and yeah. then you're kind of like trusting your custody with yeah. the third party. I mean, I'm of the mindset, obviously, that everyone should custody their own coins. Um, I think that it's an interesting question because that was the first thing too. And I was talking to Corey. I was like, oh, so it's time locked, and he was using time lock. He's like, well. It's time locked in, you know, custody with Silverbank, this bank in Arizona. And I think ultimately um, you're going to have to have that trade off for some people. And I think that it's especially going to be important for people in the United States who are so comfortable with the traditional banking sector or the idea of custody. And I think that ultimately, you know, the government and banks in America will never crush Bitcoin because there's going to be too many politicians and too many bankers and too many people who actually end up storing their wealth there. Sorry, that was kind of a tangent. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think that it's an, it's it's a necessary bridge. And I think that certain people are going to have a certain amount of custody over their funds, you know, that, uh, you know, if they want to be really just use Bitcoin for what it was made for, for their, to be their own bank, I think they're going to have plenty of people doing that. I think there are going to be a lot of people who want to have some sort of custody somewhere. And, you know, I think it's uh, you'll see banks in the future probably doing multi-sig and things mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, the other thing I would say is I think that it's good. To, this time lock is good because it gives people the opportunity, obviously, to really let them think about it and say, OK, we'll hold it for you in a bank until you have to have time to think about it and see if you really want to take custody for yourself. And then they can make the decision whether or not they want to withdraw it. I'm never going to necessarily slide someone for custody their Bitcoin unless it's, you know, it's got to be an honest actor. And I think Silvergate. They bank with a lot of Bitcoin and crypto businesses, and they've been very foundational to have a backbone for, of liquidity for businesses, mm-hmm. especially bank lines. And uh, also, if the legal guarantees are there, obviously, some cypherpunks will not like this. But yeah, I mean, I think if you have to embrace this kind of it sounds like a necessary evil in some sense for this platform to work. And you're also providing some, you know, evangelical information about the ethos behind Bitcoin. Uh, you know, I personally would give them a pass as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to move on to your other article about Giving Tuesday, which I mentioned at the top of the show. So this is about a this article is about a platform that enables Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency donations, and it's super relevant post Thanksgiving. So it seemed like a good one to discuss. But uh, could you just provide like maybe a quick synopsis of it? Yeah. So it's this company uh, called the Giving Block, and they have a uh, 
a point of sale solution for uh, charities and they've got like a hundred or something charities that you can choose from and like you can donate to them and they, you know, um, cash the money out and pay the charities. Um, so it's obviously heav- heavily intermediated. Um, there's some, I don't think there's any charity that accepts Bitcoin directly. Some actually I think might and like keep it, but it's not very many. But yeah, it's a cool kind of, I don't know, incentivizes kind of that circular economy. And there are some benefits even for the user um, because uh, donating Bitcoin is akin to donating capital, like a stock. So you get a tax break for capital gains. So, you know, it's not that much, but, you know, for Bitcoin, it's actually interesting for Bitcoin because what you could do theoretically, depending on where you bought something, right? Because that's how the IRS has broken up the uh, tax incentive is they've said, uh, or the, the the tax code, as they said, you can basically choose different increments of Bitcoin that you bought at different times and sell or, you know, sell them or donate them. And then depending on which ones you're choosing, that's the one that you're declaring on your taxes, right? So, you know, if you bought Bitcoin, if you bought a little, uh, some amount of Bitcoin, you know, from like a, a long time ago, you know, you could just uh, donate that and then not have to declare yeah. capital gains. So I'm not it, surprised that you figured this out, Con, <laughs> but I'll make clear that this is not the giving block not, uh, not, not, business not, model. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But, so, so, so giving block is just trying to, um, you know, it, they, they, will, they process Bitcoin and cryptocurrency payments for nonprofits. Cool project. Yeah. And we, uh, you wanted to write about it now because um, – Giving Tuesday, which is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, is just sort of a, I think, celebratory day to remember kind of the true spirit of Thanksgiving, encourage people to donate to charities, their yeah. time or their funds. And, and Christmas, too. It's interesting that it's like, right, it's on the onset of December, you know, it's reminding people, oh, you're about to probably, especially in America, speaking from the American context okay. and certain, uh, you know, middle class, but, uh, you know, uh, you're going to be spending a shit ton of money, so... Don't forget to uh, donate some right. of that as well. And so they've got a social media campaign going on, giving Bitcoin. And uh, my personal favorite part of the article is that, you, you know, you found that uh, Dwight Schrute from The Office, played by Rain Wilson, has jumped on that campaign to yeah. kind of like pump his, his charity. So there's like a little video from Dwight in there. Yeah, man, that was pretty fun. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find it on the article. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they told me that, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" So a huge, yeah. huge Office fan. Yeah, um, I think he makes a uh, he throws out the hodler term. I don't know how much yeah, he really hodlers cares donate out. Bitcoin to the Mona Foundation and give the gift of education. There you go. And he's got a really big, bushy, peppered beard. I mean, it's not even peppered; it's straight gravy, man. It's Getting like, away from that Dwight look. Yeah, we. Uh, so anyway, but that's all to say. I mean, they've got some traction and. It seems like a cool campaign at an appropriate time. And yeah, and it's and it brings up an interesting question because, I, like, I think Bitcoin has a – it's amazing. It has a uh, long history of philanthropic efforts. Like, you know, you have BitGive. Um, you have HelperBit, which is a crowdfunding uh, platform. You also obviously have the Pineapple Fund. It was, like, something 5,757 5, Bitcoin. That was uh, donated to various causes, and at, the, at its peak, that was like over eighty million dollars. Yeah, that's like legendary. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I think that that's incredible. Um, I would really love to know who Pine is. Yeah, I mean, because that's like that's some probably some OG who mined some just absolute obscene amount of Bitcoin. Uh, we should break day. that story, but yeah, you're right. I mean, must be somebody who right was in there when you could 
get thousands of BTC yeah. relatively easily. For sure. And, and then um, if I did that, just for the record, I might feel the same way. Like, you know, first of all, I would definitely keep some left over for, you know, the the yacht and whatnot. But if I had I'm not gonna diminish sort of the foresight it took to to see how powerful Bitcoin could become, but I would feel a little bit like, oh wow, this is really easy for me to get. It really took off. Yeah. I can't I would frankly not be able to believe it. And so part of me would feel like let's like really give this stuff to a great cause. And in addition yeah. to the funds that, that obviously went to help people, the Pineapple Fund is like this really cool narrative that I think yeah. the crypto space has that counters some of the more mainstream, you know, negative stereotypes that you might get. Yeah. And so that was super powerful about yeah, it. Yeah, so. I agree, man. And I think that it's like I what you said, it's like there was so much Bitcoin has because it's become so massive. There's so much wealth that has been mm-hmm. you know generated from it, um, and it's. I think it's kind of a shame if that doesn't go back into the you know yeah into the community. But like you know, I can't say what I would do if I had like a hundred thousand Bitcoin. But I mean, I'd I, if I had a hundred thousand, I'd imagine giving away five thousand. Yeah, like I'm like five thousand. That's 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 ninety. That's five percent of my outstanding. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm not worried about that. Um, but it's funny because some people I had someone comment on the article on Twitter. It's like, I'm not going to spend my precious sats. I'm going to spend my fiat. Yeah. And I'm always like, yeah, I get it. Spend it. I would spend it and replace. But well, I think it's kind of cool like to yeah. be able to use it. And that kind of brings me to my next question. Uh, so the other thing, in addition to Dwight's shout out video that I found particularly interesting in the article, uh, Patrick Duffy, who's the Giving Blocks co-founder, he had some really like strong statements Um yeah. About how powerful like kind of nonprofits will be to the Bitcoin adoption. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially he drew a straight line between you know charity nonprofit will be the it will directly create mainstream Bitcoin adoption more or less, um, and that struck me as strong. I mean, I can see where yeah. he's coming from, and I agree. But I don't know what what did you think when you heard that in the interview? I mean. Uh, maybe Bitcoin will do this, you know? Um, I think that, I do think it's important. I mean, I think it's important for pain points around the world, right? Mm. Like, you know, your Save the Children or your Red Crosses, they're going to have all the payment rails, right? So, you know, in terms of the big charities that people think about and think about donating to, and probably, I mean, they might accept Bitcoin and they would get Bitcoin donations, but I don't. that's not going to change their position, I don't think or really make Bitcoin look any better. But I think Bitcoin really helps with things like uh, Bitcoin Venezuela or, um, you know, circumventing sanctions and getting capital into a country that, you know, um, it works for edge cases beautifully. And I think that's where it's posed. It's actually, so I I think it's a little more bold. I think that Bitcoin can help nonprofits, but most of the nonprofits that would, you know, that we'd think about maybe propelling Bitcoin to mass adoption they're not they don't have problems securing money yeah you know their pipelines are, are clean clear um the only thing that i could see really being if like imagine like if a bunch of nonprofits started just holding bitcoin and not spending it and maybe their war chests increased then maybe but yeah well um, i think i'm not sure this is exactly what he meant but then patrick duffy kind of you know points out that a lot of the nonprofit causes have the exact same <laughs> Issues that Bitcoin solves, so like as you say, adoption in Venezuela or in Hong Kong. So that's not exactly a nonprofit or a charitable donation, but I think there is some synergy overlap between the world problems that 
a cause like UNICEF is trying to solve. Yeah. And Bitcoin as uh, a use case, as an adopted solution to like other global strife issues. Like, yeah. And I think that, you know, ultimately, I mean, I mean, the answer also to like, will Bitcoin be a game changer for nonprofits is like, it depends on how many people see value in it. Because if, if a circular economy, right. Like start like if we if we get to a circular economy with Bitcoin, then like it's it's amazing for that work, right? I think that that would solve a lot of problems, but you got to get the people right now. You know, most of the Bitcoin is immediately converted to fiat anyway. Yeah, for for these nonprofits, even like Bitcoin Venezuela, like they're having to find a way to change it into something else, like dollars or something to buy the goods for people. Um, so, but it still slips through the cracks and that's its number one use case is just to be global money that, you know, you send anywhere. Um, So, you know, hopefully if we get to a circular economy, then it will do exactly what he probably imagines it will do. One day. Um, One day. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me again, Colin, uh, making this an extra special holiday themed episode of weekly bits. But is there anything else I didn't ask about that you thought we should touch on for either of those two articles? Nothing with those two articles, but tangentially related in terms of giving Bitcoin and things mm-hmm. or a Bitcoin philanthropy. That anonymous fund, man. Mm-hmm. I want to I keep following up with them because I wonder what their motive is. I talked to a few. I know this kind of seems totally like not related because I was kind of the dark side of it. Right. Because so, like, so for those who don't know this, this uh, uh, this these anonymous this anonymous group uh, posted this blog post like a, probably about a month ago now. Um, saying they were going to donate $75 million worth of Bitcoin to various startups. Um, and I actually talked to a few people who submitted proposals and they said they would get back to them. I haven't received anything back follow-up wise, but I want to know what's going on with that. Yeah, I mean, and that's sort of like, again, I think there's a fine line of like what counts as philanthropy and what's just sort of like, I don't know. So like, uh, I think it's actually well summarized in the two articles that you've done. So like the giving block is donating to charities that help people in need that couldn't probably don't care that much, whether it's Bitcoin or cash or how they're getting the aid that they need. Yeah. And then um, give Bitcoin is more like evangelizing the technology yeah. and like for Bitcoiners who want to influence yeah. more of it, but it is a gift. And so anonymous, I might put more in that. The give yeah, Bitcoin this is category. like a, it's like basically like a VC fund. Right. Like exactly. a, you know. yeah. But in some sense, definitely like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, Bitcoin is great for donations to yeah. causes that uh, you care about. And then sort of regardless of who else cares about those causes. That's yeah. kind of what's so cool about Bitcoin giving, I feel Yeah, like. and I think also especially between Bitcoiners, like being able to pay and send things or like, you know, fund things in Bitcoin. It's so easy. It's yeah. just like, hey, man, what's your wallet? Yeah. Like your your funds are there in 10 minutes. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, Peter. Uh, this was really fun. Yeah, thanks for coming. Where can listeners follow you and see more of your stories? Um, I'm on Bitcoin Magazine, obviously, and you can also find me on Twitter at As I Lay Hodling. Uh, I'm also just Colin Harper on Twitter, 1L. Um, you'll see my profile picture and uh, uh, handle. It's not the band. Um, everyone says that it's the band. I don't think As I Lay Hodling, As I Lay uh, Dying is like a screamo band right it's like a hardcore metal band i don't know it's this awesome novel by uh yeah that's that's why i named it yeah. and like I, I actually it was kind of a clowny before i created my twitter like this is like a bunch of faulkner novels i was like how can i make i think it's genius yeah. how can i make a pun with this <laughs> um thanks man but yeah you can find me there where can people find you peter uh i'm at peter chihuahua i'm sure i'll be in the sh- uh 
show notes, but that's C-H-A-W-A-G-A. I'm sure I'm the only Chihuahua on the internet, so (laughs) if you find out, that'll be me. The Bitcoin Magazine Weekly Bits Podcast is a BTC Media produced podcast on the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network. You can find more engaging podcasts over at letstalkbitcoin.com and you can follow them on Twitter at the LTB Network for all the latest episodes. Be sure to subscribe to the show on the Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next week.